Welcome to the Share Chair Podcast, where we tell each other stories and learn from listening. Uh, Dan, Daniel Stewart, welcome to the Share Chair Podcast. Hi. Who are you and what makes you you? How would you answer that question? It's a very vague question. <laughs> um, I'd say I've changed a lot in the past few years. Getting out of a high school mindset has really helped that, both tech and other things going on. I work a lot, so that definitely helps get me out of the mindset of going into college and living on my own. But with Tech Center, my tech class is completely self-taught in the second year, so mm. we get no help from our teachers there. So that definitely helps like prepare me, I think. So I think I'm a bit ahead in terms of preparedness for college, I could say. So you're planning college yeah. next level. Do you have any ideas? Uh, I got accepted to Ferris a few months ago. That's where I'm planning on going. Great, great. Wow. Uh, congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> um, so, well, already a few things. So, wh- and where do you work? I work right now at Arby's. I've worked at Little Caesars and 220s as well, though. And when you say that jobs or work has helped you with preparedness, how so? Well, before I started working... It was just kind of like go home and, you know, sit around, do what I want. But now I have responsibilities. I have to maintain face on social media and have a work ethic. So that definitely helps. So last week we talked to Gabe um, about his tech center education. So maybe this could be a little parallel for those people who continually listen. Um, who, like, tell me about your experience at tech center and what you do. And The first year was very centered, focused, funneled down to what it was supposed to be. It was taught by one teacher and a parapro, which a parapro is basically an assistant teacher. And then this year, our second year in the class, is completely self-taught, like I said. And there's nothing like... You have one project for the entire year, and you have to learn how to make that perfect, basically. And we have to present it to actual, like companies and college boards at the end of the year. I'm in web development, but the class is web and game development, so I'm working on the website for the game that my fellow people are making. And the website I'm making right now, we just finished the company and the game website. So we, one of the, our projects sold was to rebrand our fictitious company, which we had to do. We had to make a logo, a mission statement. We had to fill out budget forms and all of that for the actual company. And then as soon as they're done with like the game, we have to make videos and social media sites and promote it as much as we possibly can. You have sort of landed there from a bizarre journey, you told me earlier. Like <laughs> You've been to a lot of other schools. Yeah, I moved, moved around when I was younger. Um, I started at, or the first place I can remember is Crestwood Elementary in Rockford. I was there for third and fourth grade, I think. And then after that, I went to, no, 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 Christian school first. Uh, St. Francis in Ann Arbor, there for first, second, and third grade. Crestwood for fourth grade. Then I came here in fifth grade, and I've been here ever since. Oh, okay. And how has it been to be moving around? <laughs> you know, especially as a young child. The first two moves didn't really affect me. I was too young to really care, I think. But moving from Crestwood to here 
really jostled me a bit, I think. It took me a while to adapt to this new environment because at that age you're so like, you're digging in, you're making friends, you're finding out who you are, and then you get uprooted basically and move to a new location where you know no one. So there are, um, there's some controversy about moving your kid as a, a young child um, in adolescence um, around like parenthood and different things when they talk about raising kids. Have you seen um, those moves affect your ability to form relationships or different aspects of your life today? I think it definitely didn't help when I moved here because it took me, like I said, a year or two to adapt to this new place and make real friends and such like that. But when I was younger, I don't think it affected me nearly as much. So I think the older they get, the harder it will be. Talk about the year or two to adapt and get new friends. What was the breakthrough? The breakthrough was just not trying to be someone you're not, in all honesty, because acting, coming here and acting every day to be someone you're not is exhausting. And what that did to me was it threw me into something I didn't want to be. So I had to get out of that mindset in like seventh and eighth grade. And then ninth, tenth grade, I finally dug myself out of that rut. Can you explain what you mean? Did you So how were you acting? <laughs> well, I'd heard things about the school before I came here that it was, sorry to force stereotypes, but like super preppy and like, mm -hmm. you know, rich and stuff. And I wasn't that, so I tried to be that. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to be different, but I thought being naive that it was the only way to really meet people, I guess. Mm -hmm. How do you try to be rich or preppy? What does that mean? <laughs> I just tried to make myself different. I'm very open about myself now, I'd say. And back then, I wouldn't talk about how I felt, or I'd just make it seem like I didn't care about other people, which I don't like. I like caring about people, and I like being nice and helping when I can. And a superstition about rich people is that they don't care, but I don't see that anymore, <laughs> as much as I did, at least. Mm -hmm. How did you you know, find yourself and realize that's not how you wanted to act? And then how have you changed since then? Um, it was in ninth grade. I was in CAD, I think, with Mr. Andre. And I had a really good friend at that time. And acting the way I was, I really hurt her. And I realized that, and it destroyed our friendship. And so I realized that then that I was being completely fake and like just not who I wanted to be. So I strive to change myself. And a huge thing I think is everything is based on mind over matter. If you want to change yourself, you can, in my opinion. Other things will be harder to do, but I think you can. Trust is a lot harder to gain back than it is to destroy. Have you experienced that in other places besides this relationship? Yeah. Um, there have been people in my life that um, they abuse things and it hurts their life, it hurts me, it hurts my family and I don't want that so I've cut some people off and force people away until they can fix themselves and I'll try to help them still but it definitely destroyed trust a little bit and that's still rebuilding itself now. Can you speak to that at all? Is that something you're comfortable talking about? Yeah, I guess. Um, my dad's an alcoholic. He was. He's getting over it now. But 
these past few months or years, I suppose, have been rough with both my parents being alcoholics. My mom stopped four or five years ago, and my dad has stopped for six months now. And my dad just was very prone to anger and outbursts, you could say, when he drank. So it was hard, to say the least, growing up with him. My parents are divorced, so I'd see him a lot less often. And when I did see him and he was angry, it resonated a lot more. But did you notice? Did you know <laughs> as a little kid? Did you as even know? As a little know? kid, no. I thought it was just something all adults did. Right. But as I grew older, I saw more and more problems with it and how it was affecting other people and their lives themselves. Uh, like, how so? Yeah, like what? Financially was a huge thing. I learned that one of the main reasons we were so off was because both my parents went out like every weekend and spent a lot of their money on things they shouldn't have spent it on so we could have been a lot better off than we are now if that hadn't been such a big factor I think and then there's also the emotional trauma to withdrawal and you know like like I said my dad was a pretty angry person and he he always wanted to he tried his best but he didn't do that most of the time because of the alcohol and I think it really affects his emotions a lot. You said your mom is no longer an alcoholic and your dad is working through it right now? Yeah. How are they managing that? Like that it's an addiction. Mm -hmm. Like how do they? I don't know how but mom went completely cold turkey <laughs> and I'm so proud of her for that but I think she's gotten a lot better. There's obviously been times where she's told me that she wants to and that she has the temptations every day but She's not doing it before us, me and my sister, and then my dad, he's actually on medicine for withdrawal right now. So I think I was definitely helping. So you have been a con consistent form of comfort for them. Have yeah, you, I would say Have that. you been like a confidant? For my mom, yeah, but okay. I don't see my dad nearly as often as I used to, so I don't think I'm as comforting to him. Yeah. Now, how do you see, um, you know, watching this, in your house and but also like also having to like work with it and through it and continually work through it how do you see that playing out in your own adult life I mean what are the what can come out of this I think addiction being more prone to addiction is a genetic trait mm -hmm. so I think that would definitely be an issue in both my and my sister's life I'm not totally sure because we're not old enough yet but as we go on, I guess we'll have to see what happens. And the hardest part is going to be fighting the temptations to become a dependent on it, I think, on whatever that substance may be. Because mm -hmm. I've seen what it can do to people, and I don't want that to happen to me or my future family. Are you excited for your future? Yeah. Um, I'm excited for college and living on my own, definitely. I think it'll be hard for everyone the first year or so, because I have a lot of friends who have their own apartments that, you know, they have to, they have to adapt. It's a new situation, new environment. You don't wake up every day and have someone doing your laundry for you or cooking breakfast. <laughs> it's a big change. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to miss the breakfast being made for me every morning. <laughs> <laughs> me, I still yeah. miss it. Uh, <laughs>
yeah. What do uh, What do you want? How do you want people to remember you? You know, when you leave school and you, you know, when you're out of here, how do you want teachers, younger classmates, uh, your own classmates as they go off in their own way? How do you want them to think of you? You know, the hardest part about school for me was I, but the my freshman and sophomore year was I always thought was I I was alone and that I was not welcome, you could say, but I figured out that there's always going to be people who are there for you, even if you don't think they will be, because some of my best friends this year are people I never would have spoken to those two years, and they've grown with me, and they've grown with me, like, we've all been together for the past seven, eight years, most of us at least, and we all care about each other at some different level. No one wants to see anyone go or commit suicide bringing that up no one wants to see that because that whole uh, thing with that kid from Grand Haven mm-hmm. a few months ago like the entire school was shaken up by that mm-hmm. so I don't want anyone to think that they're alone because mm-hmm. I mean if you just speak to people they're gonna talk back to you and help you mm-hmm. I know pretty, that didn't really answer your question no, but no, no that's it's a, a pretty sentiment. pretty simple message isn't it make some connection and that's all it takes to you know. change a life that's right thanks daniel yeah, uh, good thank you so much <laughs> yeah thanks for being on the share chair thanks for listening be sure to tune in next week for the next episode and don't forget to submit works of art and writing to our website to spread a little more empathy